You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. So, I don't... Have we been doing something specifically different or... Um, I'm not, I'm not, I can't put my finger on it, Shannon, but it's, it's interesting because the inbox has been flooded. Yes. I've kind of noticed. <laughs> with, <laughs> I knew with, that's where you were going. With, with questions, with, with praise, um, with, with thoughts, ideas. I mean, with, we, with dilemmas and challenges. Yeah. I mean, we, we were just sitting there talking about, uh, uh, getting ready for the show about all the different things we got to cover still that had just come in in the last couple of weeks. And I, I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, and, and you would think that after 230-something shows that we'd begin to start running out of topics, nah, but our listeners no are way. reminding us that, yeah, no, that's not going to happen <laughs> no anytime. No way. <laughs> Just because, I mean, and if you if you want to jump on this and, and continue to flood our inbox, I say, come on, bring it. Uh, you can send those to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, and I have to start with one that came in a couple of weeks ago or a week ago or so that was talking about our forgiveness series that we were doing Um and I had made a comment during one of them about I'm a recovering nice guy. And, yeah, yeah so hi, I'm Corey, and I'm a recovering nice guy. And so the, hi, guy, the guy mentioned, <laughs> I love it because the email said, um, I realized that the nice guy had kindly worked his way back into my marriage. He was so gentlemanly. I hardly noticed his folded cardigan at the chair and his perfectly aligned loafers at its feet. He didn't interrupt any conversations nor interfere with my work. He just quietly returned and unpacked in my bedroom. After listening to the recounting of your accounting frustration, I rolled a pack of cigs in my sleeve of my white t-shirt, donned my biker boots, and kicked his ass out of the house. <laughs> On my way to work this morning, I saw a piece of his cardigan snagged in my neighbor's tree. <laughs> Therefore, this week has been one of the better weeks of my life on this, on this planet. And I may say, my wife is smiling a bit more as well. And I have you to thank for that. Bam! <laughs> And what's hysterical is that I just had thanked Doug for sending us this very clever and vivid tale of his epiphany, and he just responded back, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking so forward to when we can actually have back and forth with our listeners when we have them call in live. Yes. It, it, it's cool being back and forth on email. Yes. But to be able to go back and forth in a live conversation, I think is going to be Awesome. Yep. So thank you, Corey Allen, for thinking in that direction and exploring the technology and lining up our ducks in a row Absolutely. to be able to watch that soon. Absolutely. But so, again, you know, if, if you're new to Sexy Marriage Radio, welcome. Thanks for taking some time out with us. I'm really glad that you do. We're honored every time we get a chance to to speak into the void of married sex. That There's not a whole lot of stuff out there that's really good and uplifting that I, I believe speaks to the sacredness and the elegance of what married sex is and can be. And so if you want to jump on uh, with us, send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Also, jump on iTunes, please, and give us any kind of review, comments. That helps us climb the charts in the sexuality category, which continues to be inundated with just anything goes. I mean, there's a couple of things in there I've noticed lately that are good, but a lot of it is still, really? <laughs> That's being proposed? So, so I, I just say thank you to our listeners because they rock. And they're, they're, they help us make this show what it is. And based on the feedback we've got recently on the different forgiveness shows, there's an aspect of it we need to uh, focus on still. 
mm-hmm. to, to finish it up, if, if you will. I mean, not even finish it up, but just to go, Revisit. A, let's go a different route with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love how many different routes that some of our listeners can recommend. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that there's no right or wrong. There's no prescription for how to have the perfect sex life. Every person is unique. And therefore, every person's sexuality is unique. And when you've got two unique people in one unique marriage, then it's going to be all the more um, necessary for us all to understand that what works for one will not work for another. And what works for one couple will be horrible for another. And so please, please, please do not take everything that we say as a prescription, but rather merely a description of what what could happen, what shouldn't happen, uh, you know, but maybe yours is the marriage where that should happen. We don't know. But the idea is, is you need to chew up the meat and spit out the bones as listeners, because only you know what will work for you and only you know what will work for your marriage. Right. Yep. Yep. So with that being said, I also have to add that we heard from somebody else, uh, Rebecca, uh, in response to the whole nice guy thing. Cause you know, being a, a nice guy, isn't just applicable to guys, you mm-hmm. know, that's totally applicable to girls too. And she said that she was really convicted by the fact that she had been just nicely hinting around about what she wanted, but then noticing that she would get angry when her hints weren't picked up on and that she realized I've got to ask for what I want. I've got to be bold. I've got to be courageous. And she is totally, totally right. And now Rebecca is getting more of what she wants in marriage because she's not hiding behind the nice girl. Good. Oh yeah, that rocked. Um, We heard from a listener, Russ, I just had to crack up and we will definitely revisit fantasy once again on a future show. But he said um, in response to that, well, he was, he's on vacation. And so he'd gotten behind. So he got to listen to several episodes all at once on the episode about fantasy. He said, gee, thanks. Now I'm fantasizing about eating cheesecake and having sex with my wife at a fancy pants, Disney hotel, (laughs) which we can totally (laughs) understand. The power of suggestion is very powerful. Yes. what was really cool is he said that the two episodes on forgiveness prompted them to renew their wedding vows while on vacation mm-hmm. and that he highly recommends that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool that um, they were inspired by some shows that we did to recommit their commitment to one, recommit their commitment. Does yep. that, is that-, that works? Uh, everybody <laughs> that knows works. what you're you trying to I mean. say with that. So I think that's good. <laughs> exactly. So I wanted to revisit the topic of forgiveness, Corey, but, but, but to put a totally different spin on it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I can't say that I was surprised. I was probably surprised that we didn't hear from even more people with this suggestion, but we did hear from several saying it's not forgiving my spouse that I wrestle with. It's forgiving myself yep. that I wrestle with. Yep. And um, I know that uh, there was a couple of listeners in particular that we heard from who have had affairs with people who are still in their lives, that there's no getting away from them. And therefore, it brings up those memories every stinking time they encounter that person, which can really erode your self-esteem. Sure. You know, when you have a constant reminder in your face of your shortcomings or of your infidelities, that is a really painful pill to swallow on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to start out with the recommendation, and then I want to hear what you have to suggest, Corey, that whenever you have had any sort of moral failure in that regard, and you encounter that person, or maybe it's like, I know one woman told me that there was a particular hotel in Dallas, that that's where she had her um, walk on the wild side, if you will. And every single time she passed that hotel, which was on a major thoroughfare, she was reminded. Sure. I think that it's really important that you learn to reframe 
a situation and rather than look at it as a constant reminder of your moral failure, maybe look at it as a reminder of how far you've come since then, Mm -hmm. that you're no longer there that you're not in that affair anymore. You had the character to end it. You had the strength to move on with your life and just let it be a spiritual marker of where you once were versus where you are today. That hopefully you're a much better person, far more self-aware, far more sensitive, far more faithful and loyal than ever before. And so ultimately those things can actually build us up rather than tear us down if we just remind ourselves of how far we've come. Right. Yeah. What are your thoughts well, on forgiving yourself? Well, I, th- this is one of those that I, I think there's lots of different a- avenues to go with this because you have the aspect of, so I've had um, an infidelity moment or something or even a, a, a series with, with somebody and I st- and they're still in my circle. So that's a whole different out- external trigger that happens just because – Unless you move or completely change your circle, it's really difficult if it's somebody that's that's in the same vicinity. But even, I mean, we have emailers and I've had clients that, you know, they had an, an act of indiscretion, you know, 20, 30 years ago, and they still are holding on to it. Still wallow in it? And, and, well, because it, it all comes back down to guilt and shame that I feel guilty or I have shame over what I was capable of doing. So it's it's a it's a real struggle that you have to be able to confront self on to be able to to heal and then reframe to to then be able to change those triggers to where I don't know if obviously you probably can get to the point where a trigger is is constantly reframed to something positive but I think there's still going to be elements of negativity in that and so it's just recognizing both of it not just one so I think mm-hmm. that's what helps keep us grounded. If I know what I'm co- right. if I know what I'm capable of in a bad way mm-hmm. <laughs> because I've done mm-hmm. it or whatever that I think that helps keep us grounded on you know what I've been down this path because if you think about it Shannon an affair is not a quick thing. Mm-mm. It evolves. It, it it's a sli- it's a slippery slope that You've started going out of your way. You've started dressing. I mean, in a sense, you've kind of groomed it. You know, you've you've, you've You've fed the baby alligator. Right. You've helped make it happen by Mm -hmm. with some level of intentionality. And so if you if you recognize all along the way, the markers of that path, I think that helps us shore up who we are. So that way we're much more proactive in the future because we know the other side of it. And I think that helps give us a balance. Right. I completely agree. And when I speak and share my testimony about how promiscuous I was during my teenage years because of the disconnection with my dad and brother and all that jazz, people will often say, you know, how can you talk about that so often and not just cringe? And I tell them, well, first of all, that's not who I am anymore. It's so not who I am, but it is a spiritual marker of how far I've come. And I don't ever want to forget what it was like to be in the bottom of that pit that I had dug for myself, because that is a great impetus to keep me from crawling into it again Mm -hmm. and again and again. And so the idea of we want to forgive and forget 
for our own discrepancy or, or our own indiscretions, I don't think that forgetting is a good thing. I totally no. agree with you, Corey, that to remember what we're capable of and how we worked ourselves into that situation and all that jazz is incredible insight that we need to hold on to well, and, the, and remain self-aware. Right. This goes back to the emailer, uh, the listener that emailed uh, calling me to task on, you know, what exactly did they do to you? And that was to the betrayed person, not the betrayer. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the same kind of thing. And I love just the phraseology of the best in us versus the worst in us. Because if I will confront what I know I'm capable of, I can only do that from the best in me. Yeah. If it's the worst in me, I, continually to make, I continue to make excuses. Yeah, I continue to place blame. I continue to skirt it mm-hmm. as if I'm not a part of it or as if, no, whatever. But the best in me is like, yeah. Ultimately, I made that decision, and that's where my path of healing comes from forward. Yeah, and to acknowledge that we are all, including ourselves, a combination of good and bad, mm-hmm. of purity and evil, um, of, of light and dark, we all have to acknowledge that we have a dark side and that we're capable mm-hmm. of anything. And if we're going to be somebody who denies that we're capable of certain things, I mean, there's a passage of scripture for that that says, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall because Satan is a roaring lion right. seeking who may devour. Um, and I think that we need to ask the question. And by the way, Corey, I just have to say, you know, you'd mentioned uh, the person who, um, who confronted you or, or whatever on right. how you... I, I believe that that was the same person that we got an email from this week saying uh, it was a kudo. So I just want right. to do a shout out you know, to you. you know, hopefully it's intended to both of us. But uh, she says, even when your feet are held to the fire, you don't sweep it under the rug, but you humbly address the concerns of your listeners. Right. And for that reason, she says, I will continue listening. And but yeah, we want you to hold our feet to the fire. We want you to call our attention to our nearsightedness because mm-hmm. sometimes we can look at a topic. It's one of those things where you can't see the forest because you're focusing on a tree. We can look at it from one angle, from one perspective, and we can miss so many other perspectives. Mm-hmm. So please, please, please call our attention to the other perspectives. It just makes for great shows in the future. But, but that's the same. Back- hold on. I'm, I'm going to step on you for a second because that's the yeah. same process of Whenever we've done something wrong, whether it's a betrayal of a, of a vow or a commitment in a relationship, or it's just I've gone against myself and my own desire or discipline. Mm-hmm. When I will confront that, either because some other external source is making me or I do, when I confront it head on, that's the best in us all the time. Because it's the one that's able to say, you know, because think about it, with the couples you've worked with, when you when you get into you know having to unpack just the fallout of a, of a betrayal of an affair, mm-hmm. usually the person that that did the betraying is does a whole lot of just shaming, guilting, you know, because and it's coming from their partner. How mm-hmm. could you do this? Right. Tell me, I wanted the details. How often? How mm-hmm. long? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, okay. The first question was a legitimate question. The second one shouldn't be I asked. Get, I get you. <laughs> you don't want but, gory details. Yeah. But it's it's still the same concept of when it comes back up again later because it's going to. I mean, because mm-hmm. if you're if you're new to Sexy Marriage Radio and you've not heard us talk about this before, um, I, I want people just to kind of a quick detour so they recognize if you're coming through a season of marriage where there has been infidelity. It's first and foremost, it's survivable. 
it, it, it can turn into Absolutely. something fantastic for your marriage if used properly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to break your right. marriage. It can make it much better right. in the long run. But you need to realize, you a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, you need to realize you've got a year at least of turmoil. Yeah. You know, it's going to happen. It's, it's, it's just going to last a while because you always have that marker of, well, this time last year, what was going on this time last year, you were doing that. This, you know, all of that stuff. So that year anniversary is a big milestone. So don't kid yourself that that's a big deal to shoot for to, to just like, Hey, we can make it there. And then after that, we'll see where we go. But it's, right. it's still just the concept of when it comes back up, the ability to look your partner in the eye and take their arrows and their darts and not react to them, not, not, not excuse, not blame, not, jo- not dodge, but just take the hit of, I can't believe you, this happened. I know. I can't either. Yeah. I mean, it's just because then all of a sudden you actually have a chance to align together and mm-hmm. be gracious towards mm-hmm. each other. And more importantly, as we're talking about with our topic today, be gracious towards yourself. Yes. And, and, and humility. I think that's what it all boils down to, to humbly admit to yourself. I mean, I think that that's one of the first 12 ste- of the 12 steps, you know, to um, humbly admit to yourself, to God and another human being, which hopefully that would be your spouse uh, of your shortcomings, because God gives grace to the humble. Yeah. You really, but if you're going to be proud and defensive and why are you trying to make this about you or what it just, that is only going to make matters worse. Yeah. But Corey, let's talk about the purpose of a trip. It's going to seem like I'm digressing here, but I promise. (laughs) Okay. All right. So whenever you're packing your suitcase, you always think about now, what is the purpose of my trip? So, uh, yeah, I would, I would say that if it was a business trip, you know, one would pack shirts and ties and jackets, but I know you, you would pack the same t-shirt that you're wearing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very likely. And I love that about you. Um, but you get the idea of like, you have to look at what is the purpose of a trip? Am I, am I going to a formal event? Do I need to take a black dress because it's a funeral? Is it a party? You know, like, what is the purpose of a trip? So let me ask this. What is the purpose of a guilt trip? Usually the purpose of a trip is to make memories or accomplish a mission or a goal or to bond. But what is the purpose of a guilt trip? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't serve a purpose. It, It doesn't serve a purpose to just wallow in something as if you need to continue giving yourself 40 lashes every day for what you've done. Because here's the thing, when you pack your bag for a guilt trip, what is your partner supposed to do? What are you expecting your partner to do? Your partner can't save you from your guilt. There's only one person that can save you from the guilt. And that's uh, the guy who died on the cross 2000 years ago. And I've often said that when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't say, forgive them for their sins, except for the sexual ones. Those are too big. I'm not dying for those. You know, we have to believe that what Jesus did for us on the cross is enough to take away the guilt. The penalty has been paid by the blood that he shed, but wrestling with the shame of it is certainly a necessary step. But I'm sure that we've mentioned this on shows before. Guilt is I've done something wrong. Shame is I am something wrong. Right. Guilt is I've done something bad. Shame is I am something bad. You need to reframe that and acknowledge that as a human being living in a fallen world, in a fallen body, I'm capable of bad things, but I also have a lot of good in me that my character, my my nature, that this was against my character, my nature. Mm -hmm. I'm not a total... Um, 
screw up for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. I, I, I'm not all bad just because I've done right. something I'm not bad. completely worthless. Exactly. And focus on continuing to bring those good things to the table in the relationship that you can bring rather than, because I think that people who wallow in guilt and just take a guilt trip that lasts for years and decades, it's like they're expecting their spouse to reach in and wave a magic wand over them and their spouse doesn't have a magic wand. Right. Forgiving yourself is a gift that only you can give yourself. Nobody else can forgive you enough to take away your self-condemnation. You have to give up your self-condemnation on your own. Right. Yeah. So I'll get off my my soapbox, step down off the pulpit here. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I didn't mean to preach a sermon, no, but it's I, true. It's, it's important because I think we have to recognize the, the, our, our, all our own capabilities, good and bad, and and that is uh, that's what brings about genuineness. That's what brings about authenticity. Because uh, I mean, what I think about is when I did something wrong as a kid. And I knew I was going to get punishment for it, but I still had love from mm. it. You know that I, I still yeah. had, you know, obviously going through the consequences. And 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 maybe that's where we need to parse that out a little more for people is to recognize that when we make a, a stupid choice, <laughs> when we, when we do something that that brings about catastrophic results, possibly even. Just because we are forgiven on a spiritual sense does not mean we are devoid of consequences Yeah, on, on human terms. So right. it's recognizing there's still a price to pay for our choices. There's still yeah. going to be grief. There's still going to be pain. There's still going to be turmoil and distrust and all that kind of things that can come from that. But it's recognizing how do I take my lumps in a sense, how do I recognize, okay, wait, this is what I have, you know, because it's that whole, if, if you never forgive yourself or you don't go down that path or you don't forgive a partner, that's when you get those couples that come in and say, I still can't trust you and it's 10 years later. And it's like, well, okay, are you still, are you living a trustworthy life or are you living the lowest common denominator between mm. the two of you? And so it's, it's just sometimes you got to recognize that the system has has dynamics already in place to help put pressure for both of you to rise and stand up, not just one, because this isn't just about the person that's been betrayed, forgiving and going back into your good gracious. You've got to do the same because there's something that set up that whole scenario that puts you in the position where you sought something else anyway. Right. And so I mean, right. we've had some emails that came in talking about first loves that didn't last, but they still are holding on. Yeah. To the them. fantasy is in, still in relationships. That, that was the love of my life right, because they're comparing mm-hmm. them to what they've got now. And mm-hmm. I want to say straight directly to that, that married life is not about feelings to me. <laughs> married life is about decisions and choices, right? That's marriage. Right. I think that we need to do a whole show on the <laughs> the fantasizing about the old high school sweetheart okay. or the love of your life thing. Because I do, I, I've talked to so many people that that's the comparison. That's right. the standard by which their spouse will eternally be measured by. And they don't even know what that person turned out to be like. Right. So anyway, we'll table that for another but show. The same, the same concept still applies to forgiveness, though, to a degree of forgiveness is not about feelings. It's about decisions and actions and choices. Yeah. That it's right. that, you know, I can choose, I love it. My daughter, who's, you know, quickly turning 11, she had a day, um, 
not too long ago where the her and her brother were were playing and they they were getting along pretty well and then it, as the day went along uh, they started wanting to do different things and so she got upset because he didn't he no longer wanted to play what she wanted to play horrors I know and so I walked past and she had created a little uh, pad of uh, blankets and pillows and everything stuck behind a recliner a, a little rocker we have in our house and she's just laying in there all by herself and her brother's you know 10 feet away playing Legos or something and I'm like Sid what are you doing and she's like I'm mad I'm just having a pity party I'm like, <laughs> I'm like why because Will doesn't want to play what I wanted to play and I'm like okay well did you send did you send out invitations she's like no it's just <laughs> mine and I'll be okay. <laughs> Give me a moment. You know, it's and a it, party and a cry. And, and it's just that whole mindset of she's already started to grasp the idea of I'm going to feel down. She knows what she's doing and, and she was okay. able to verbalize and it's, it. How and it's her. completely okay that I want to feel down about that. And so I'm thinking of the, the listeners we have that are still wrestling with guilt and still wrestling with how do I forgive myself? There's a difference between guilt and shame. I like that distinction that you that you went on earlier. But guilt serves a purpose. Yes. It's 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 not something we to be never run be from. Right. Yeah, we would never be convicted to change our course if we didn't feel guilt. It's just it's just figuring out how do I make sure there's a a line in between the idea of I need to feel guilty about my decisions and my behaviors. I don't need to feel shameful about my being. Right. That's a difference. You know, Corey, going back to the to the illustration of, you know, when kids do something wrong and there are consequences that their parents dole out, but you know that there's love. And it's, it, it's like, I, I mean, I can re recall a time that my dad, you know, brought conviction upon me, but he did it very lovingly and very firmly. And, and it would, the message was loud and clear, but I still love you. And I know that you're better than this. I know that, that this is not who you are and that you can make better choices. I think that when that message is communicated, it is so much easier to rise above those circumstances and do better because someone believed in us mm -hmm. that we could do better. The same is true with ourselves. That if we look at our stuff and go, you know what, that was a horrible thing for me to do, but I know that that is not my best self. And on any given day, I can choose to live mm -hmm. a higher life than that. And, and th if we believe in ourselves, we will live up to our own expectations. But if we wallow in it, I think that the likelihood of it being repetitive is much, much greater. I mean, uh, Dr. William Struther was on our show many, many moons ago talking about the downward spiral of shame mm -hmm. and how Christians, especially that when they are beating themselves up over something and they wallow in shame, they feel a greater need for some sort of hit to medicate that pain. And they will often do the same thing that they did that got them in the spiral, in the shame spiral in the first place. And it becomes an addiction. And so I think that it is vitally important to forgive yourself, to climb out of that pit and dust yourself off and say, wow, it is scary to me how capable I am of digging a pit that deep, but I don't have to live there. I don't have to stay there. I can choose a higher ground right. and I can even climb higher as a result. And as a matter of fact, one of the best books I've ever read on this topic of reframing your own sin and your own shortcomings is by a Catholic priest by the name of Richard Rohr, R-O-H-R. It's called Falling Upward. And the subtitle is Developing a Spirituality for the Second Half of Life. He mm -hmm. talks about how the first half of life is really kind of a figuring out the rules and the regulations. And it's more of a legalistic approach to Christianity as sin management. And, and he says, no, Christianity isn't about sin management. It's about relationship development with mm -hmm. God, yourself, and with others. 
and that your sin is actually what brings you to your knees and draws you into a deeper relationship with God, with yourself and with others, if you let it. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to highly recommend that book falling upward. Okay. That's good. Have you, have you also read Brendan Manning's work, uh, Ragamuffin Gospel? I haven't read that one, but I've read All is Grace, okay. and wow. Yeah, Brendan Manning's got some great stuff on the same kind of concept of how do I deal with grace and forgiveness, and yeah. and a lot of it is just helping us reframe who we are and our character, and and that's because all of that to me, that's personal development boot camp kind of stuff, you know, yeah. that's, that's a whole, you know what, I know what I'm capable of, but look at also what I'm capable of in a good way, you know, look, right. at, look at what I can handle, look what I have the resolve to confront. Look at that's how the couples that have turned betrayal kind of things into deal making kind of things for them. Yes. That their relationship is so much better as a result. They've recognized, look at who we are now. Yeah. And and that's the whole deal of, you know, we don't know who we're not until until we know who we are. (laughs) And so it's 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 understanding. I have to have a humility about everything I address in life. I have to have an awareness about everything I address in life. And so if I can keep mm-hmm. that balanced perspective in the sense of I understand what I've done, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold myself accountable for that is, is, beyond what's due, beyond what's necessary, beyond what's real. Right. right. So that way it doesn't turn into character indictment kind of things. Now all of a sudden I'm talking about a better part of me. Yeah, absolutely. And and I love the saying that we are never more Christ-like than when we choose to forgive because that was Christ's whole purpose in coming to earth and the whole purpose in dying on the cross. But it applies not just to forgiving other people. It also applies to forgiving ourselves. Right, because you have to have, I mean, part of this whole idea, think of it, I, I, this just comes to my mind. If you're trying to create a better relationship with your spouse based on something that's happened where you need to get forgiveness... There is no way that relationship with your spouse is going to be better unless your relationship with yourself is better as well. So true. So, so true. You've got you can't to, have your best marriage until you bring your best self. Right. Because we're talking about full functioning humans here, not one person's operating well and they're just dragging me along. I mean, that's only going to last for so long. And then you're going to have issues again. That's probably what sets you up in the first place, actually. Mm. So true. <laughs> so, so true. It's been a great show. Well, this is fun. I'm glad, um, I'm glad we revisited this topic from this angle. I, I, I am too, just because this is something I think everybody, every one of us is going to face. That there's components of things that we've got to learn to forgive self on and, and create a better self. So Absolutely. Let, let, the, let the relationship do the work in that relationship. Sometimes it's the relationship you have with yourself. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for taking some time out with us. And uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, hope to see you again next time. And hope to see you at the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway in June. We love you for listening. If you've benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a member of the Bed Buddy Club. Your financial support will help take Sexy Marriage Radio to the next level and enable Corey and Shannon to strengthen many other couples. Learn more at SexyMarriageRadio.com by clicking on the purple button.